This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Gordon and I have a full three-hour show, and we can't wait to get started. Saddle up. Let's go for the ride. Talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit us up on social media like X, formerly Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM, at Gordon Damer. Harvey and Joe back together again on ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer, hello. Larry Hardesty, how are we feeling tonight, my friend? Oh, I feel great. Gordon, I haven't felt this good in a while. Really? I feel really good. I feel really good. It, first of all, it was great to have the guys back together, Harvey and Joe. Yeah. You know, the fun they did. Been... Joe for his uh, Michigan, Michigan Wolverines winning the national championship. He's all yes. giddy. He is, and rightfully so. Right. After that jet season, he needed something. Oh, please. He needs it. You know, after that jet season, Michigan should win another one next year. <laughs> I'm good. Let's I'm not good. get carried away. <laughs> this one, this win will last me a while. And okay. Oh, okay. Good. So. Good. I, now, I hope the Jets can get it together and I can feel this joy with yeah, the Jets, but I that's like hopes up. asking for the moon. Uh, well, look, I the Michigan wins, even though it's tainted because of the whole Harbaugh thing. Is it? You know, is it? The tainted, tainted championship, but. Look, it's a championship. You take what ta- champion? I take it. a cha- I'll take a, ta- a tainted championship. Well, listen, I'll take any championship. Uh, exactly. <laughs> tainted all you want. I'll still Look. be at the parade. That's for sure. I'd be right front row. Yep, front row. Absolutely. That's right. And Gordon, the other thing that made me very happy, Joe Leo appropriately gave us our props. We were the ones that were pushing OG Ananobi. And Gordon, he has, as we chatted a little bit last night. Looking forward to seeing what he does with Luca tomorrow night. That's going to be interesting. Luca has come down with the Nick flu. Ah, look at that. That's a- <laughs> he's, 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 he's out. He's, look at that. You know, the Mavericks who are known to just throw away games intentionally. Look I at guess that. They just don't want to. Look at that. Yeah, they don't want to have to deal with. At least that's what I saw earlier that he was uh, he was out for some reason. Uh huh. Is Kyrie playing or is he joining him on, on, it, with the it's, flu? It's still a day away. We don't – it can happen Too early then, to tell. Larry. Come on. Yeah. We're going to need a little bit more time to nail that down. We're not sure. Uh, well, maybe, maybe as they warm up. So, in other words, let's see if he warms up with the team, then we'll know. Yes. And even then, it's it, – it, It's empty. You see, we're getting ready to play. Where's Kyrie? It, it can happen at any moment. He was here a minute ago. Where'd he go? Yeah. Luca, it's a right ankle sprain, according oh, okay. to the reports. All right. All right. So no no Luca. Mm-hmm. So that means that uh OG will be on Kyrie if he plays. That would be it, nah, that would be interesting. That. Yeah, I'd that would be interesting. That. Love to see that. But uh once again, and we'll get to some basketball a little later in the show because we'll kind of preview what we think is gonna happen with Dallas. Um but once again, Gordon, I, I listened to the station today, heard DPS from Rothenberg this morning, heard Barton Hahn, heard the K show. Um, and they're all saying, they all agree. It's very rare that all the hosts agree, mm-hmm. but we're all saying the same thing. Like, can we enjoy this ride right now? Everybody's talking about postseason. Are we better than the, than the, than Boston? Are we, uh, please. I, let's look forward to the Dallas game tomorrow. That's all I'm asking for, Gordon. That's all I want. Right. Live in the moment. Oh, please. It's so much easier. 
Of course. And it's so much more enjoyable. Yes. Right? If you, if you look towards the future too much, you, you put yourself in all these different scenarios, most of which will never take place. That's right. If you, you live in the for past, no reason. there's no good living in the past, especially for the Knicks. We don't want to live in the past. God, no, that's the worst thing you could do. So just live in the moment. And here's, here's the thing. Like if, you're, if you're thinking about playoffs, the playoffs, Larry, they happen in the spring, correct? Yes, yes. Does it feel like anything close to spring right now? Uh, not this morning, it didn't. No. Does it, does it look – you look out, and it's just a gray, blue day every day. Yeah. It's, just, it's just ugly. So, no, we got a long way to go before we get to spring. Long, long way. It's raining sideways. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking spring training before we get to playoffs. The season really? will be a couple mm-hmm. of months old before mm-hmm. we talk to playoffs, Gordon. Right. So we got, we got a little bit of time, folks. We got a little bit of time. Uh, Rich Samini will join us at the bottom of the hour. Boy, do we have questions for him. <laughs> we want to find out how that book is coming. Yeah, he's got <laughs> some more material chapters? this week. Oh, yes, he did. Typing furiously. <laughs> but right now, let's talk our top five stories that we're going to talk about tonight. Gordon Damer on this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. It's official. Nick Saban retiring as coach of the Alabama football team after 17 seasons with the program, ending a storied partnership that saw Saban return the Crimson Tide to the top of college football with six national titles in a 12-year span. Uh, you know, this decision is confirmed. We reported it first. And, Gordon, I got to tell you, I was kind of surprised. I, I There had been rumors, well, maybe he's getting tired. For him to just walk away and say, you know, he's done, I'm a little surprised, Gordon. I am. Well, I was too, and then I looked up. He's 72. He yep. doesn't look it. It doesn't feel like he's 72. But he's 72 years old and mm-hmm. uh, 17 years at Alabama. And all those, I like that he's leaving and the way that he's leaving yes. because now all those ingrates at Alabama who got championship after championship, and when they didn't win, oh, this is unacceptable. Yeah. And now they get to start over from scratch. Good. Now you'll see what it's like for the rest of us. Oh, Very spiteful in 20, uh, 2024 is going to be the year of spite, Larry. Yeah, you're off to a good start, too. Oh, spiteful. <laughs> you're, you're, if I'm you're, miserable, you're... everybody's got to be miserable. <laughs> Speaking of miserable, Pete Carroll will not return as head coach of the Seahawks next season. But, get this, Gordon, will remain with the franchise as an advisor. Now, he just completed his 14th season with the Seahawks, got in the franchise to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances in 2013 and 2014. was a, a bad call away from having oh, repeat the, Super Bowl the, championships. The, the worst call in Super Bowl history. Let's be honest. He's a great coach. He did a great job there, proved everybody wrong after he left the Jets and then went to USC and then came back to the NFL. So all that's true. Worst call in Super Bowl. I mean, it's the dumbest play call in Super Bowl history. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. I don't even know what would be number two. I, I can't even think of number two. I can't. His See, call also, was a number two. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> the Seahawks are 137-89-1, have finished below 500 just three times under Carroll. But here's the thing, Gordon. Okay, would, would I take a head coaching job in the National Football League? Of course. There's only 32 of those jobs. Yeah. If the money's right, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm a football mm-hmm. guy. This is the highest level. You want to be there to prove that you belong. But if he's an advisor, he's going to be looking over the shoulder. What kind of coaches would a veteran coach go there, Gordon? Or are you looking at one of these, quote, hot coordinators, unquote, that would probably take the job? Well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see because it, it, it feels like 
like I said yesterday, it always feels like there's one surprise. It feels like there's been more than one surprise already. And Dan Quinn apparently is the betting favorite to get the job in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's in, in the works. It's crazy to me, though, that here you have these billion-dollar organizations, and they allow the face of those organizations in terms of the head coach. Yeah. They move off of them without knowing who they're going to get. I know. I know. And like, and at, like the Titans got rid of Vrabel, they don't know who they're going to get. I know, they don't. And I don't think they're going to hire from within. I, it's just a gut feeling I have. I don't think they're going to hire from within. Which one, really Seattle don't. or Nashville? Uh, Nashville, the Tennessee yeah. Titans. I don't right. think they're going to hire from within. I think they're going to try to you know move elsewhere and move on. So that's going to be interesting because see, because I just think they're going to go in a different direction. Uh, I don't know what that means for Tannehill. I think he's out. Just you know, I don't know his contract situation. Yeah, he's thirty six or something like that. So yeah, that would yeah. make sense. It might feel like now they do have the kid that they just drafted last year and Will Levis. Mm-hmm. So it looks yeah. like he might be their their quarterback. Uh, maybe not the future, but right, right. now and hopefully the future. Mm-hmm. It's never good when you fire your coach, and he's automatically like the number one guy on everybody's list. You're it seems right. like Vrabel's now number one on everybody's list of who they want to hire. So that's never a good sign for you that you got rid of that guy. And the other dumb thing is, I mean, if you didn't, you should have at least floated him out there via trade, Gordon. You could have picked up a couple of drafts. You should let him walk out the door for nothing. For nothing. Well, I get it. In a way, you want to be able to move on with your search right away and hit the ground running. But you're right; like you have to have a plan in place. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> this is a bill. This is not somebody's fantasy football team. This is a, a billion dollar organization. That's right. That's been successful. It has been. Not the last couple of years, and um, it, it feels like that is a real. It's got to really kind of turn the page now. Even with the, having the quarterback, if they hope in place, it feels like there's a lot of work to do there in Nashville. Gordon, it is official. Giants and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale have mutually agreed to part ways. News comes two days after Martindale and coach Brian Dable had a heated disagreement over the team's decision to fire outside linebackers coaches Drew Wilkins and his brother defensive assistant Kevin Wilkins. As part of the agreement, Giants don't owe Martindale any money on the balance of his contract. That means... I guess they're going to allow him to go where he needs to go because you, if, if I'm giving that up, if I'm Martindale yeah. and you're not going to pay me, then right. you can't stop you me from no going say. where I want to go. Absolutely. No question. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk. Well, he could go down to the Eagles. I think I mentioned that even last night. Yeah, yeah. If the Eagles have a stinker of a weekend, there's a possibility they're looking for a new head. It would not shock me at all if they went out against the Bucks and really laid an egg mm-hmm. that Nick Sirianni could be shown the door. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But you know what? That team got – Gordon, it seemed like they got old overnight. So the second half of the season, they got old. People talking about the age of the offensive line, age of the def- defensive line. You know, it, it, it is so amazing when you go through a losing streak and you don't play well how everything is wrong. <laughs> it's also amazing how fast you go from, from, from uh, genius to idiot. Yeah. So imagine how quickly he forgot to be able to coach. Mm-hmm. But he hurts himself, Gordon, by changing the play. I mean, I understand you're doing something. You're trying to change things. Yeah, but that seems like panic. It, it, absolutely. And the team picks up on that. Players pick up on that. Like, he, yeah. what, what's going on? What? What? Why are we doing that? What? What? You know, it kind of sent, sent them in the spiral. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform in the playoffs. 
Aaron Rodgers no longer appearing on the Pat McAfee show this NFL season. This, as McAfee made the announcement earlier today, Jets quarterback, a weekly guest on the show during the season, has come under scrutiny over the last week regarding comments he made about late night host Jimmy Kimmel. I don't have to remind you about it. Everybody has talked about it. Everybody knows about it. Uh, this is interesting because, Gordon, maybe Aaron Rodgers runs the Jets, but he doesn't run ABC. Right, and ESPN doesn't run those two (laughs) yeah well it's almost like that scene in Seinfeld where Elaine suggests blowing up the rainforest just so we remove it as a topic of conversation if this is what gets Aaron Rodgers out of the conversation for a little while here's the thing though everybody's like well you know this this will get Aaron Rodgers out of the the spotlight what's stopping him from doing something else yeah it's true you, you don't think there's someone else out there who say, hey, if I have Aaron Rodgers on, I'm going to get all this attention. Now, just a humble suggestion mm-hmm. from a media person, and yeah. I don't mean any disrespect to McAfee at all. I don't. Right. I do not. Gordon, if, if the Jets are smart, Aaron, why go back? You're already off. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? You're already mm-hmm. off. You're, let's focus in on this season. Let's go, you know, maybe as we get rolling during the season and you're just talking about football stuff, maybe, okay, possibly, occasionally. But this weekly thing, you know, I know he's getting paid. I do, and I know it's a major thing for McAfee. And once again, I'm not trying to do – this is not from McAfee's standpoint. This is from the Jets' standpoint. If I'm the Jets, I make a strong suggestion to Aaron, do yourself a favor, stay off there for now. Just, just let it cool. You're off. Don't go back on. And if you do, do it, you know, in a rare occasion or something like that. Don't make it weekly. Make some adjustments to it. I think it would help everybody. Uh, I don't think anybody suggests anything to Supreme Leader. Well. Supreme Leader tells you what happens, not not the other way around. And when in, in history, when people have suggested things to people who have been the Supreme Leader, doesn't generally end up well for those people. Yes, I understand. So I'm just, you know, but listen, Gordon, they got nothing to lose. That crew, if they lose, they're going out anyway. <laughs> so they might as well, they might as well, they might as well throw caution into the wind. Because if they don't make it deep into the postseason, in the words of Ralph Cramden on the Honeymooners, which you can watch on, you know, TV Land and all the other things, mm-hmm. everybody out. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. out. So Here's you might as well throw, you might as well throw, throw your best shot. Right. I, I, you could ask the question. The worst they can say is, is no. Right. I just wonder if now Jimmy Kimmel is going to stop taking shots at Aaron Rodgers because it feels like if you're Jimmy Kimmel, you've now won this. Yes, and you have exactly. unlimited you have, a, you have a monologue every single night. Now, I'm not yep. saying he's going to joke about Aaron Rodgers every single night, but every once in a while, and Rodgers is the guy who's who hears it, sees all, hears all. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know that this is necessarily done. I, yeah, but I, well, we, it's done from Roger's standpoint for right now. For right that now. That we know. Absolutely. For the moment. <laughs> for the moment. According to Woj, NBA is denying the Knicks that $7.8 million, uh, disabled player exemption for the loss of Mitchell Robinson because there's optimism Robinson can return from ankle surgery to play late in the regular season. Knicks could be getting back one of the league's best defensive centers. And, Gordon, I hope we don't forget about Mitchell Robinson because of the way that, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein has been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. And he has positives to his game that Mitchell Robinson does not uh, from an offensive standpoint. And he has proven to be almost equal 
as a rim protector. He's very good rebounder. So I hope, you know, that when he comes back, it is going to be interesting. But here's the best part. You don't have to rush Mitchell Robinson back. Of course you want him back. I'm not saying you don't need him. I'm not saying you don't want him. But at this point, you can bring him along slowly. So if, if he is ready, let's say near the end of the season or going into the postseason, depending on where you are, that's the best place to play him. And you can just spell him for a couple of minutes a night until you get him up to speed. Well, when you get to that point, it's all hands on deck, right? Like yes. I'd rather have more options than fewer options, so that that would be great. Uh, it is amazing how uh, the the Knicks when when Mitch went down, it felt like oh boy, this is this is yeah. really spiraling, and and yeah. how quickly things have changed. Not just with Hartenstein coming up and playing so big, but just the team in general. So uh, no, I don't think anybody's going to forget about Mitch. But take your time. Yes. Get healthy. Yep. He's a guy that you don't want to rush back because he nope. has had a history of some injuries. But yes. uh, it's nice to know that when it seemed like he was lost for the season, maybe, that getting him back would be a plus. It would be a plus. Because we don't know what other injuries might. Yeah. I mean, has Hartenstein ever really played this significant of a role? Yeah. Who knows how yeah. long? It's a, it's a grind. It is. It really is. Unless they continue to blow teams out and you get right. the fourth everybody quarter Right, everybody sits off. out the fourth quarter. <laughs> Some places you get a free taco. Here, the Knicks, everybody sits out the fourth quarter. Everybody sits out the fourth quarter. It's a great day. Those are some of the stories we'll chat about inside this edition of ESPN New York Tonight, which continues after this. 2024 is going to be the year of spite. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't look at it as a wasted season. I just think it was, you know, the worst one of my of my life. You know, I don't think it was wasted. I think that um, there's a lot of things you can take from it, and a lot of things that that I have taken from it you know, that I've learned in this in this last year. And I, you know, it's important to have you know down times. It's important to have bad times. You know, it's important. So uh, it sounds weird, but you know, I'm thankful for it. You know, I think that I even more down the road in hindsight, I definitely will be thankful for it because it'll it'll end up turning me into who I will be, man, and, and it'll be the reason I have you know the success. That I that I've dreamed for, dreaming of, and expecting this lead. You know, I think it will because I went through years like this. That's Gary Wilton, who was on with Bart and Han yesterday here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, here's the interesting thing for me about his comments. Right, you always wonder, and I've always had these questions, and I've always asked athletes this because it's it's fascinating to me for their thought process. Here is a young man who has lo- who last year lost more games than he had in his career. Mm-hmm. Biddy, <laughs> flag, <laughs> high school, college, I've lost more. And this year, he's all revved up, right? That was a tough year, but we got Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers goes down. He's still able to earn a thousand yards second consecutive year, right? Yet he says it's the worst season for him. And so if you're a Jet fan, you're saying, wow, he's still, that says, He's he's not obviously he's not happy he's not satisfied it's not personal accolades for him Gordon it's a team thing that he seems to be a team guy the fear is when does this run out right when does this losing and having the losing record and being disappointing as a young player when does it get old and that's the scary part that's why you really hope that they have a as, once again as a Jet fan. That's what I'm thinking. If I were a Jet fan, I really hope that this is a year for him because this is year. There'll be year three. If we're talking about four or five, he's going to want to get out of here. 
Yeah, uh, it, it seems like two years is, is longer than two years for him. And it's one thing to have your first season be like his first season was, which was incredibly frustrating, but then to have basically a replay of it. Just when you think, okay, this is over. We solved the quarterback situation. And most of the offseason is always, for a team that didn't make the playoffs, is always about, all right, who are we going to add? Who are we going to add? Where are we gonna, who are we going to draft? Free agents, all that stuff. Last thing, the Jets need to win not just for the coach, not just for the the GM. They got to win to convince the players that this is where they want to be. Yeah. Because if you have another year, not only are you going to be changing the coach and the GM, some of the players are going to be like, get me out of here. I can't take Mm -hmm. this anymore. Yeah. It 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 almost sounds like he's kind of already there, and you you can kind of understand it. Week after week, the guy's getting his his head handed to him, and he's he's trying his best, and – it, it, it's kind of out of his hands because the quarterback's play has been so bad. So you can, I think he did a good, a better job this year of kind of keeping that under wraps as opposed to last year showing the frustration on the field. So that's growth as a player, but who could blame him? Yeah, no, you, you, def, you definitely could. And, and it affected him, Gordon, uh, late in the season, had some drops of balls mm-hmm. that he had caught earlier in the season. But then again, you're trying to make adjustments. There's three people around you. <laughs> some on some occasions, you're trip. You're in triple teamed, and mm-hmm. so you know it's 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 just really the adjustment of these young players when you're used to winning, and that's all you know. And then you go in the situation where you lose, and it's not it's not that you're losing, Gordon. It's how you're losing. It's basic things. It's things that depending on the program you came from, in a lot of cases, Gordon, that coach is not letting these things go that the, that the pros are, that, that you're letting go here as, as, a member of, as a member of the NFL. And in the NFL, I'm sure Garrett Wilson, who has dreamt of playing in the NFL, knows this better than I do, but any play could be your last play, right? Like right. we think, oh, Garrett Wilson, he's a first-round pick who was offensive rookie of the year, and he's going to play for 10-12. We don't know that. No. And – you have to seize the moment for, for any pro athlete, especially playing football. Uh, I, I can't imagine having to live through that a second straight year. And yeah. so him saying this is the worst year of his life, you can understand it. And, and good on the Jets. It seemed like allowing him to kind of blow off that steam, mm-hmm. uh, he, was, he was thankful for that. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, but again, it's it's all it all goes back to the same thing. They got to win does. next year. They got to win next year. They got to yeah. they got to be more, far more functional. They got a lot to clean up this off season. Mm-hmm. And they better get to it. <laughs> get, get to it. Ready. They get to uh, it. They should be doing it now. Yeah. They should be doing it now. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. About to be joined by our good friend, Rich Samini, does a tremendous job covering the New York Jets for us at ESPN.com. Rich, Larry and Gordon, how are you this evening, sir? Gentlemen, good evening. Good to be with you, as always. Rich, how does it feel to know no more games that you have to watch for the Jets this season. That that part of it is done. Now it's just, you know, speculation, what they're going to do, you know, more, more um, you know, in, in-depth reporting work as opposed to game stuff. Well, I mean, the games are always fun until they're meaningless. And then, you know, the last three games were meaningless for the Jets. So those games are no fun. They almost have a preseason kind of feel to it. But, 
you know, even though they were struggling on offense, and I mean, it was, let's be honest, some of those games uh, during those offensive woes were, were it, it hurt your eyes to watch that offense perform, but uh, all part of the job, and I, I love the games, I love game day, And uh, but you're right, we're turning the page, it's going to be a very interesting off season. it's already been interesting, even though they really haven't made any moves, it's already been interesting, and uh, yeah, this is going to be, uh, it won't be as dramatic as last off season because of course we had the Rogers trade, but this will be uh, interesting in, in, a, in and of itself. No more games to watch, Rich. How does it feel also knowing you don't have to listen to any more Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee segments? Yeah. So that, uh, you know, he's been temporarily suspended uh, through the playoffs here for the rest of the season. So uh, not surprised about that. It's been kind of part of my Tuesdays, you know, right. it's like Tuesdays with with Aaron going back to really last February and like just almost every Tuesday with the exception of the summertime, it started with the darkness retreat last February and listening to that. And of course, the, the probably the most famous episode was when he announced that he wanted to be traded to the Jets and, uh, and, and on on it went. I thought most of them were informative this year because he was really keeping us up to date on his Achilles, you know, recovery. And there was a lot of good information on most of the episodes this week. But as everybody knows, it's it's got kind of sideways the last couple of episodes. Rich, I'm curious. Uh, we know that the main crew are all coming back, but and this is partially my thought process. On based on our conversation last week about the offensive line and the blocking scheme and whatnot, and the comments that were on social media that were liked by Becton and um, Brees Hall, I'm curious, could we see changes in maybe position coaches or things of that nature with this team? I think we talked about it last week, didn't we, about Keith Carter? On yeah, the, uh, we did mention it. We talked to, yeah, so... Uh, I did see these uh, things on social media, uh, which I guess you have to, the younger generation today is, you know, gets out some of their opinions there on social media by liking certain things. And, uh, you know, Robert Sala was asked directly about uh, Keith Carter and he said he thinks he's done a really good job and um, they will have him back next year. Um, I think the only thing that would change that is, you know, they do the exit interviews, you know, where players sit down with, you know, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, and they're encouraged to speak their minds and open up and, you know, just to exchange ideas and, and basically get some stuff, do some venting, so to speak. And unless it was an overwhelming uh, outpouring of, uh, uh, you know, dissent with Keith Carter, I would think that he's coming back. And uh, like I told you last week, I know, um, he wasn't, like I said, universally beloved by the offensive linemen. So, but it sounds like Robert Sala wants to keep him for next year. Rich, how do you think that the Jets will go about the offensive line changes? It looks like we've kind of talked in the past that you don't expect Becton to be back. So now you're talking about two tackles. It might have to fill three spots. I don't know what Tomlinson's future is here. If he's a cap casualty, you can't fix all of that in the draft. How do you think they're going to go about trying to put this together? going to take a very creative plan because they i was kind of diving into this today they don't have a lot of cap flexibility unlike some of the recent off seasons where they had a ton of money to spend they do not right now so it's going to take uh some really clever 
handiwork in trying to piece this together. I mean, I don't know if they can go out and sign uh, an offensive tackle for, you know, 15 or 20 million a year. And I'm not even sure that player exists because I was pouring over the free agent list today and there really aren't any great tackles out there. They might have to go uh, an older with an older kind of guy like an Andrus Pete from New Orleans, who's 31 or Tyron Smith from Dallas, who was a great, great player but he's 34 years old now. Uh, they could probably get him for less money than the uh, than some of the younger tackles. So they're going to have to get creative. I think uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is a possibility of moving out to tackle on a permanent basis. I think the Jets, uh, we've heard this before, so it's like a broken record. They want to find one position for him. They, they've said all along they think he's a better guard, but now it sounds like they're open to the possibility of moving him to right tackle. Um, so at, at least they have that because of his flexibility that allows them to it helps them put this jigsaw puzzle together. And they have Joe Tipman who uh, had some ups and downs, but I think is generally pot, you know, is regarded in the positive light by the organization. So they have him. Tomlinson could be a cap casualty because his cap number is 18 million. And, uh, and the rest of the guys are mostly free agents. So, so yeah, I, I'm looking at probably two or three new starters they have to get either through the draft or free agency, but it's not going to be easy because let's not forget they don't have that second round pick either. Mm-hmm. So they have a you know the first rounder and then you know three th- you know through the rest of the draft. But uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Ritz is our guest. Uh, Ritz, 34 and 31. Those are kids compared to uh, Dwayne Brown and some of the other offensive linemen they had. Yeah, they're going down season. in age. Yeah. <laughs> That would yeah, be a the plus. Dwayne Brown didn't, thing didn't work out for the Jets. It really didn't. Rich, what can you do? Your speculation on your report, because you know you haven't got to your reporting on this yet. What things that the way that the Jets have made decisions, the way that they've decided on how to pick players and that thought process, I, I have said previously that everything needs to change because it hasn't worked. Just from your experience with in covering Woody Johnson and knowing this work. What do you think are some of the things that this coaching staff and general manager and crew are going to change as far as how they pick their draft choices, the things they've done? Because, you know, other, and of course we put the, you know, the Brees Hall and the Garrett Wilson and the Sauce Garden, the draft aside, they, they've really struggled with draft choices over the past couple of years under Joe Douglas. They have. Yeah. You know, they've had one phenomenal draft and the ref, rest have been uh, suspect. And Joe Douglas was talking about this uh, on Monday when we spoke to him. And we went down the litany of questionable decisions that he's made over the last 12 months. And one by one, he went down the list. And, you know, he said the same thing for everyone. You know, it, it didn't work out, but we felt comfortable with the decision-making process. We have to look, you know, analyze ourselves, do some self-evaluation. And I think that's just a lot of GM speak. I mean, they're not going to change their drafting process. Um, I think they may – it's interesting. They have developed – they've done a good job of developing players on defense. Um, They very rare – except for Carl Lawson, and there were some injury issues there, except for Carl Lawson, I can't recall them having, like, a big bust on defense. Mm. You know, whether it's an undrafted guy like a Bryce Huff or bringing in a DJ Reed – Generally, their their big ticket acquisitions on defense usually work out. Now we don't know about Will McDonald yet. They still have high hopes for him. The jury's still out there. But 
why is it on the defense that they can play or develop, but yet on the offense they don't really do a good job of that? Now, they did, of course, they have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Uh, those guys look like they're going to be stars for a long time, but they've had trouble with the offensive line. Obviously, they've had trouble at quarterback, the most important position of all. They haven't, they haven't succeeded there yet. So I find that interesting, and I think that goes back to coaching. I think they've had a good defensive coaching staff the last three years, but on the offensive side, I don't think they've had a good offensive coaching staff. And so I think that is directly tied to player development and why they have not been able to produce a lot of good players on offense. And I, I don't know if they're going to change their – now they said they're going to really dive into the offensive line situation with regard to injuries and try to, you know, do a deep dive into that. Uh, some of these guys they, they picked and drafted and signed had no injury histories, and then they come here and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting banked up. AVT didn't miss a game in college for, for an injury, and all of a sudden he's out for two years. Same thing with Beckton. So is it the way they're being coached? Maybe that's part of the issue, you know, uh, with regard to injuries. I think they're taking a look at everything, um, but I don't think there's going to be a dramatic change in the decision-making process. I think the people who are making the decisions are going to be the same, and they're going to stick to their philosophies, and they just have to hope they have more drafts like last year's and less like the other three. Rich, uh, the comments by Garrett Wilson the other day about the worst year of his life and this can't happen again, I took that as really kind of a shot at the coaching staff. Am I wrong? No. I think it was clearly he was speaking. I actually asked him that question, and you know, I, I the way I prefaced it was, you know, there's this overwhelming narrative around the team that everything's going to be better when Aaron Rodgers returns. And I, I essentially, I said, beyond that, is there anything else that you know can be uh, concerns you? And that's when he answered the question. Uh, you know, he said we got to do a better job with in-game adjustments and, and respond to the way teams are, you know, countering our moves and so forth. And he goes, it just can't, it can't be like this again. We've got to score points. And so, yeah, I think he was questioning the direction of the offense in, uh, in a way, you know, he didn't mention Hackett by name. Uh, that's not Garrett Wilson's style to do it that way, but he did it in a very, I don't want to say subtle, it was a little more than subtle, but uh, yeah, I think he has concerns about the uh, direction of the offense. But I think the fact that Rodgers is coming back, it's like their ace of the hole and they think a lot of it will be better because it's like Gary Wilson said, it's it's his offense. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers' offense, and it's almost like I think the players think they're hiring a new coordinator this offseason, and his name's Aaron Rodgers. And um, so I think they're, they're hoping that that uh, – I think even Gary Wilson said, used the word praying, they're praying – that people get to see what they had going in, in training camp and in the OTAs and that they could show it during the season. But, yeah, those, con- those questions, those comments about the offense were definitely, you know, got my antenna up for sure. Rich, give me a grade on Robert Sala this year. Uh, you know, I think it's a, probably a C. Um, and here's why. Um, I thought it was a 10-win team before Rodgers' injury. I, I just thought there was going to be struggles this year. Let's face it. How many times did we talk, even back in August, about the offensive line? So we knew the offensive line was going to be an issue before Rodgers got hurt. So I predicted this to be a 10-7 and 7 team. When Rodgers got hurt, I figured they'd go 7-10 and 10 again. 
thinking that, uh, you know, it's another year of Zach Wilson, that they could probably get seven wins out of him uh, again. So I thought, um, you know, so I'd give him a C. I thought, you know, the decision, you know, the, some of the quarterback decisions were were sketchy. The Tim Boyle decision just was a disaster. You know, that they wasted two games with Tim Boyle, and that really backfired on Salah. I thought that was probably his worst decision of the year. And um, But he kept the team together. You know, there were some signs of a little – perhaps some tension early in the year when they were one and two, but he kept the team together. So I give him credit for that. And the guy did lose his quarterback. You know, I'd like to see what he can do coaching when he has his quarterback for uh, not even a full season, maybe three quarters of a season to have his starting quarterback. Uh, So yeah, I know Jet fans are really down on Robert Sala. Uh, I thought it was the right decision to give him another go at it, you know, with Joe Douglas just because of all the investment they have in Aaron Rodgers, I think the turn back now would would be, you know, diminishing returns. So I, I'll say it was a C, you know, for Seller. Mm-hmm. Rich, final one for me. Um, like we're talking about the pressure they have on them, the, the, the cap situation, the draft capital situation. Could you see Joe Douglas? It always feels like he's taken a very analytical approach to moves. Could you see him being much more of uh, willing to mortgage the future this offseason to make sure that they do win now next year? Well, I think he did some of that last year. You know, uh, you know, obviously the signature move is getting a Rodgers. And also the way they restructured their contracts last year to create cap room for last year, the way they did it in such a manner that you know, they're now – the credit card bill is coming is coming in the mail, you know, this year. You know, they got they're paying off uh, now. Dwayne Brown and uh, you know Carl Lawson and Jordan Whitehead, their contracts void now. They are technically they're not free agents. Their contracts are voiding, but because the Jets restructured their contracts last year, they have to pay. They get hit with a cap charge this year, so they're paying. I think it's a, it's over ten million dollars just for those players who aren't going to be on the team this year. So they took an all-in approach last year. I think they have a two-year window. Uh, Rogers said he wants to play two years. Um, in two years, you're going to have to pay Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner. Those guys are going to be top of the market contracts when they when their contracts come due, and the Jets are not going to be able to keep all those guys. And so I see this really as a two-year window because after two years, when Aaron Rodgers' cap number, when his, his void year hits the, hits the cap, it's going to be a $60 million charge in three years. So basically I think Joe Douglas is operating on a two-year window. His job is on the line. Stala's job is on the line next year. Uh, everybody knows it. It's, it's, it's unspoken, but everybody knows it. And so, yes, I do think there will be an aggressive push to win next year because they know there's no tomorrow, basically. Rich, last thing from me, and I'm going to take you away from the Jets for a minute. I just wanted to give me give me a wide uh, outside perspective. You got Buffalo going in the postseason. You got Miami in the postseason. You've seen them together about what eight times, I guess, <laughs> the total. Uh, where do you how? Which one of those two teams? And I know what. I know what Gordon's going to say, but which one of these two, how far do you see these teams going in the postseason? I think Miami is, is, is I think the, the show ends this weekend. Uh, 
I mean, they've just suffered some injuries on defense that are just really hard to overcome to their to their pass rush, you know. Um, those are tough injuries to Chubb and, and Jalen, you know, Phillips. I mean, that, that was against the Jets when he tore the Achilles. And now they're signing pass rushers off the street uh, to come in there, and that's that's tough. And then, the, of course, we all know what the conditions are going to be like this this weekend in Kansas City. It's going to be basically Arctic cold, and I, I do think that will affect Miami. I kind of like Buffalo. I think they could go. I know they've had some issues, but I think Josh Allen – is really good in the playoffs. I think he takes more chances. I think he puts more of it on his shoulders. He's willing to run more. I think he's a better player and they're a better team when he takes that mentality and he just tucks the ball and runs. Um, I don't think it's the same Buffalo team that we've seen in the past. I think they're more of a balanced out. You know, Cook has really brought something to them on offense that I think they haven't had before. Uh, I don't love McDermott in the playoffs. I think he coaches tight in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a strike against them, but I do think Buffalo will go further than Miami. Sorry, sorry, Gordon. No, it's okay. Rich. Um, uh, you're, you're a man with eyes. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> of course, that's, I, I get the feeling we're going to be uh, a lot of people are going to be on that uh, side of things. Yeah. Uh, Miami could have gotten a home game, but yep. you know, those injuries just, they, they take a toll, you know, and, and it's, uh, Kansas city, obviously not the same as they've been in the past, but I, I think, I think I'd bet on Patrick Mahomes at home in a playoff game, and I would take that. Rich, uh, who's on the flight deck with you? Well, we're taping tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Mike Tannenbaum on it this week to wrap up the season and look ahead to the off season. and we're taping tomorrow morning, so hopefully that'll be out. Uh, we're going to go through all this, this cap stuff that we talked about, because, and, and I'll get into more detail on the podcast, but... Like I said, this is not a good cap situation for the Jets. They have uh, uh, some – I think it's to the point where – I think they only have about $16 million in projected cap room, which is basically nothing. Mm. And they're going to have to make some difficult decisions. So I think there will be a surprise or two in terms of uh, possible player cuts, you know, just to get you know, some operating room under the cap. All right, so check out the flight deck. All you, if you want to hear it, all you have to do is download the ESPN New York app, scroll down there, you see a big a big square on there that says flight deck, Jets. That's where you can find Rich Mini. <laughs> Rich, we'll be talking to you down the line, my friend. Thanks, uh, thanks, thanks for coming Rich. on with us every week, and uh, thanks for, for joining us this evening. Well, hopefully you guys don't cancel me like McAfee, McAfee can't be <laughs> we, we can, You are suspended. We can, we can, yeah, we can keep going, so uh, call any time. <laughs> All right, Rich, thanks. Rich All right, take care, guys. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got to tell you, this is when you hear Samini talk about the limited cap space that this team has, there's going to be some players that are not going to be here to free up some cap space. And I'm really curious to see who that's going to be and how are they going to try to get this offensive line fixed. The offensive line, Gordon, is the priority of anything that they mm-hmm. have to do. Yeah. It, that has got to be done. Every, anything else is second place. And a distant second. Yes. Yes. It's not even close. Because if you don't fix that with 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what, what else matters? Nothing. 
Nothing. What are you going to do? You, you Look, we know the defense has got to improve. We understand there's some things that they're not doing. We get all that, Gordon. They were decent. You know, Could they be better? Absolutely. We know all that. But for me, the bottom line is, is very simple. If you can't score, you can't win. It's the National Football League. You know, people, I mean, you know, look at look at what Texas was able to do. Uh, the Texans were able to do this season with, with Stroud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they're in the postseason because they're able to put points. And the defense is very good, too. But it's about being able to put points on the board. And, and the Jets just were almost non-existent offensively for most of the year. Well, think of what the blueprint is. The blueprint is you draft one of these young quarterbacks and then you can pay all these other areas because you're not paying the quarterback. The Jets have a situation where they are paying the quarterback, so that's going to make it harder for you to keep all the other players. And and it's not a great picture that Rich paints between no. the pressure to win now, the cap situation, which I wasn't aware of. I, I think what really will happen is, is they'll figure out a way to kick the can down the road but if mm-hmm. it doesn't fire next year and everybody's out, who's ever coming in after them, they're going to have a real cleanup job to do. I mean, this this could be, and this, I hate to say this to to the Jet fans and Giant fans understand what I'm about to say, this could be Gettleman-like for the Jets oh. <laughs> after they leave. Joe just uh, threw up in his mouth there after the it Michigan be. win. I mean, listen to listen to what listen to what they got to come back to. We'll, we'll talk more about it next on ninety eight seven ESPN.